All right, we ready now. Amen. Uh, we're going to continue our study on Sam. Amen. I uh, hope all the information has been informative. Amen. I, uh, uh, I definitely been getting some feedback from people that uh, a lot of this stuff needed to be said. Amen. Uh, but, uh, you know, I know some of it has definitely stepped on some toes. Uh, some of it probably was speaking, I know it's been speaking to me and speaking to a whole lot of us out there. Amen. I know a lot of the subject that was touched on, uh, it was, uh, for some of the comments I've been getting, it was good to get feedback from a, from a male perspective, uh, given this type of lesson. Uh, another thing is that uh, uh, one of the feedbacks is, uh, is touching on subjects that nobody else is teaching on. Amen. And, uh, you know, we, we already know here at Sabbath Rest, for those who don't come here, uh, one thing about Sabbath Rest, we're not afraid to touch no topic. If it's in the Bible, we're going to deal with it. Amen. We're going to deal with it from Genesis to Revelation. It's going to get dealt with. We ain't trying to skip over stuff that we don't like. You know, there's stuff that's going to be a, uh, that's uh, going to step on my toes. So I'm not going to teach on it. If, I'm, if I got some proclivities in my life, I'm not going to teach on that proclivity because that's my hang up. No, we're going to touch on it. That's, that's just how we do it. That's the type of uh, uh, It ain't for everybody. You know, but it's definitely, I felt like, and, and from the feedback that I've been getting back, that this, this, this lesson is uh, very, very important, uh, especially for those in the African-American community. You know, a lot of times we're behind the curveball when it comes to uh, when we start our adulthood off and when, uh, when uh, some, even when we're raising our families and raising our kids, and uh, we're behind the, behind the curve. And, uh, and that's what I noticed about or Sam as a young man that how it was affecting me. Like I said, I, you know, for those who've been with it from day one, I describe how Sam uh, came uh, into fruition, you know, uh, when I was in Germany as a young man, uh, taking German Head Start. Well, we had a course that, uh, that you had to take with German Head Start, and the instructor at the time was a German fella, and he would, you know, he would often talk about sex, alcohol, and money. You know, and anybody been to Germany, you understand why he was talking about sex, alcohol, and money, and how devastating it can be in your life as a young man at 19 years old. I didn't understand, uh, you know, how would that affect my life, but I soon realized that it had a great impact on my life personally. And as I began to mature and get older, I realized I wasn't the only one that was being affected by Sam. It was a bunch of people that was I was associating with that was also uh, being affected by Sam, and then as I, uh, you know, crossed over into my Christianity, you know, I gave my life to Christ, uh, then it, Sam took on a whole new meaning, which is sex addiction, because it, alcohol is only one phase of addiction, uh, and sex addiction in, in money, you know, uh, and that it, it, it also impacts us as Christians, and mostly the part, mostly because we don't do things <coughs> God's way. Like I say, the, the name, and, and by the way, for those who, you know, tuning in and uh, haven't been paying attention, this is going to actually be a book when I'm finished with it. You know, I'm writing a book as I do this in class. Uh, so, but the name of the book is going to be Sam, A Friend or Foe, The Devil's Gateway into Your Life. Because when you don't do it God's way, you allow the devil to creep on in your life. You don't have to knock at the door. You don't have to, uh, you don't have to send them an invitation. Matter of fact, you will send them an invitation when you don't do it God's way. So, that's Sam in a nutshell. Sex, addiction, 
and, and, and money. And when you do it God's way, families are friends. So I can show up at any day of the week at your house, any hour that you wanted to, and Sam's going to be the best friend in the world. You can be able to lean on Sam. You can trust Sam. <clears throat> but you got to do it according to how God wants us to do it. What was his original intent when he did it? You know, when, when, how he started things off. And, however, when you don't do it his way, Sam's going to be a foe. Sam might be, he's going to be that, 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 that uh, wolf in sheep's clothes. You know, he's going to make everything seem like everything is fine. You know, we can all raise our hand and admit when we were sinning, it was fun. That's it, that's the flesh. The flesh loved to have fun. The sex, I mean, the flesh loved pleasure. That's how, that's how the flesh get down. So, we started out with sex, which we're still dealing with. The first part of sound. It's sex. Well, I gave you God's original intent. God's original intent was very short. It wasn't a long, drawn-out thing. But you, you notice, <clears throat> uh, we still on sex, and it's, what, about a month now? And most of this has been on, on how we have perverted sex. You know, we started out, and I gave you God's original intent. I told you how sex was supposed to be between a man and a woman. More specifically, between a husband and a wife. You know, that we're supposed to be fruitful and multiply. Well, I know when Craig gave his, you know, his Sabbath school lesson on, on Saturday, he wanted to keep it G-rated, which we all keep because we're in the church. However, we, most of us that's listening to it on, on, on Facebook Live and probably all of us, we grown folk. You know, so to be fruitful and multiply means what? You have to have sex. You know, I, I kind of joked about it a little bit, talking about, you know, God didn't get Adam a handful of seeds to go in the back of the garden. They're going to him and Eve, they're going to plant some, some, some little seeds in the ground, and then gonna, that's how they were fruitful and multiplying. And more little Adam and Eve was born. You know, that's how you got Cain and Abel. They just went planting some seeds. No. To be fruitful and multiply means you have to have intercourse. That's, that's, that's the bottom line. And by being fruitful and multiply, one of God's original intent was that your children are a gift. It's a blessing from God. And I gave you scripture showing you how sex was meant to be for pleasure. However, because of that pleasure, because of that fear, because of the flesh that we live in, that's how we began to pervert it. And I dealt with, first off the, uh, off the jump when it came to the, the, the perversion, it wasn't picking on, on, on the gay and lesbian community. However, I had to deal with it. And that was the first one out the block was, 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 was the gay and lesbian community. And I gave you scripture showing how God said it was a sin. In most cases, he didn't even use the word sin. He said abomination. You know, that wickedness. You know, so I know a lot of people in that community, and I'm not picking on you. A lot of people in that community just don't believe that their lifestyle is a sin. However, according to God's word, yes it is. We can't change God's word. We can't make God's word fit into our narrative. We can't make God's word uh, fake, make us feel better about ourselves. You know, one of, the, one of the main things that comes up is, well, God made me that way. If he made me that way, I'm going to be that way. I gave you scripture, Sean, because of one man's sin, 
That's why you beca- you're that way. When sin enters into this world, that's when all kind of stuff, not just that, all kind of stuff enters into the world because of one man's sin. According to God's plan, it, it would be sinless. But one man's sin, well, guess what? All, all this stuff creeps into the world. No, God did not make you that way. Sin made you that way. That's the bottom line. So, but it is what it is, you know. But not picking on you because we all have some type of proclivity. But the point with my proclivity is I'm going to admit that my proclivity is what it is. My sin is what it is. I'm not going to try to hide it. I'm not going to try to camouflage it. I ain't going to try to change God's word to fit into my life to make me feel better about what I'm doing. You know, we just got to be real. You gotta, number one, you got to be real with God because he knows. Well, then we went from that, we went to rape, which I got the most feedback on, was you know, on dealing with the topic of, of, of rape. Because looking at those numbers, it's real. It's crazy numbers. Every 73 seconds, a rape occurs, and that's just the one that's reported. You know, we're going to keep it real. That's what statistics show. Now, I explained last week one thing about statistics. It ain't 100% accurate because they ain't acting 100% of the people. It's kind of like the census. If you think about the census, everybody don't turn in their census. So guess what? The census is not that accurate. You know, it's accurate to a point. You know, they can get an idea. However, it's not accurate because everybody don't turn in their census. You got people that are just out there homeless. They're not getting the census. They don't have an address, a mailbox. They don't have none of that. So how are they going to get a sense? So how are you going to ask them or count on them to count themselves? You can't do it. Well, the same thing about uh, statistics. They, they get a group of people, and they, 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 they question a group of people. And, f- and for the most part, it's pretty accurate, but it's not 100% accurate. So that's how we get to uh, statistics. So we dealt with that. We dealt with, you know, uh, my thought on, 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 the, on certain words like molestation, uh, it sh- to me it should be called child's rape because that's what it is. You know, we like to use words that make it sound uh, less inappropriate. You know, no, it is what it is. You know, you engage in an act that somebody wasn't ready to do, and that's called, that's called rape. You force yourself on somebody, male or female. It, it, it happens. And then after rape, now we didn't got to the topic. Now we're talking about uh, fornication and adultery, which a, a lot of times is, is coupled together, especially in scripture. And, and, and even today, some people get confused uh, uh, what fornication is and what is do- what is adultery. Uh, I. Uh, I guess when you've been around a, a while, you, you understand the difference. Uh, fornication is when you, uh, when you have sex when you're not married. You're just having sex. That's fornication. Adultery is when you're married and you're having sex with somebody other than your, your uh, spouse. That's what adultery is. And, and when you indulge in those acts, is some ramifications that comes behind it. 
I, I gave you numbers last week on, on this stuff. This to show you how popular it is today. Because you don't, you don't hardly hear people even uh, talk about adultery for the most part or talk about fornication, especially fornication. You know, that's like the, the, that's like the norm. Uh, you know, uh, I think the, the, the numbers last week say 95% of men. 95%, that's almost every man fornicate. That's before they get married. 95%. That's, 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 that's some crazy numbers. That's, almost, that's every man, pretty much. 5%? That's, but we're not, in, 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 in reality, it falls back on us. Especially those of us who have kids. On, on parents, it falls back on us because the reality of it is, for the most part, is that we would give our, our young men our, our teenage boys and, and whatever, we give them a, 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 a free ride. You know, it's okay. So you Roy Oaks. And, and, you know, and a lot of times we, we, we overprotective of our daughters. But the long, long, young boys, yeah, yeah, go do it. We don't, we don't teach abstinence no more. It's, 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 it's amazing that the word is still in, in the dictionary. So we just don't teach you. I, I kind of touched a little bit on, on, on uh, sex education classes in school. They're not really teaching abstinence in, in, in those type of classes. Only thing they're teaching is use birth control pills, wear condoms, protect yourself. That's what they're teaching. Because they got it in their mind that the kid's going to do it anyway. So why teach them not to do it? Because that's what they're going to do. So if they're going to do it, we might as well teach them to do it the right way without getting... But no, the right way is don't do it. And, and, and I know it sounds hypocritical, I mean, uh, being, being a hypocrite, because for the most part, it was me, it was a whole lot of y'all, had sex before we got married. That's the reality of it. But I said it before, and I'm going to say it again. When well, you know better... You do better. And I know a lot of this stuff, a lot of it, would be a whole lot easier if you just abstain until you get married. I, I, gave you, I, I, gave, I told you last week, I was just thinking that, do you realize that there would be no diseases, no, no sexually transmitted diseases, if there was no fornication or adultery? And we just simply did it God's way. How would you spread something? How would you get something if you were just sleeping with one person? And they were just sleeping with you. There's no way to even contract the disease. Because y'all dedicated to one another. Can you imagine what life would be like? But that's in the perfect world. And we are definitely not in that world. There's no perfection in this world at all. We, we teach our, our young men, uh, you know, it's like a rites of passage. You know, you, uh, you know especially fathers, you know, you want to high-five them. And uh, when they get young adults, they move out the house and they got more than one girlfriend. You, 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 you ready to give them a trophy or a plaque. Uh, you know, we, we say things like, uh, 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 you know, you're not ready to settle down yet. 
take your time. Don't get married so early. But you never taught them the part about don't have sex. You just say take your time to get married. Well, if you didn't have it before, and you're taking your time to get married, you're going to have a whole lot of sex up until that time you get married. That's the reality. Then I talked about sexual transmitted diseases, STDs. That's one of the, the outcomes of fornication and adultery. It's STDs. And here goes some of the numbers from last week. By the age of 44, 95% of Americans have had unmarried sex, not which I just made. By the, by before you turn 44, 95% of Americans have had unmarried sex. And I, and I, and I want to correct myself because I say males, but it's 95% of Americans. That's just in America that have had unmarried sex. that by the age of 20, 75% of Americans have had premarital sex, and even among those who abstain from sex until 20 or beyond, 81% have had premarital sex by 44. So the ones who's abstaining, eventually, before they turn 44, guess what? They're going to do it. I don't know who they've been asking, but I, you know, I might be wrong, but I'm trying to find a 44-year-old version. But it must be real, because they got numbers to prove it. So they had to interview some people. Now let's look at adults. 25% of marriages see at least one incident of infidelity. A quarter. A quarter of marriages see at least one incident of infidelity. That's a lot of people. And remember, that's just the ones who admitted they was, they was telling the truth when they interviewed. But some people are going to be what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I'm going to take that to the grave. You know, that's just the mindset of a lot of people. And the issue of marriage and divorce journal also stated that 70% of all Americans engage in some kind of an affair during a marital life. Now, that's, these are American statistics. 70% in some kind of marriage or affair. Now, they don't necessarily have to be uh, intercourse. You know, sometimes, uh, uh, you, know, you know, you got these things now with the cell phones and the, and the, and the, and the internet, you know, you, you meet people online and, 
y'all y'all communicating you, you know y'all got this old uh what they call it not sexting stuff 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 going on uh you know, that's 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 considered an an affair and that's considered uh cheating on your significant other uh however seventy percent of Americans are engaging in some fair some form of uh, of an affair that's a seventy percent that's almost three quarters of marriages. And the survey did both in 2018 and 19, it shows that men are more likely to cheat on women, which I talked about last week. According to recent data gathered by the General Social Survey, 20% of interviewed men and 13% of women admitted they had sex with someone other than their spouse while married. One study showed that 98% of men have frequent fantasies. 98% of men fantasize or fantasize of being with somebody other than their spouse. But I told you last week, women, you're not off the hook that easy. Because 80%, 80% of women also fantasize about being with somebody other than their spouse. See, we, we got a twisted mind. Twisted mind. Again, because of one man's sin. Also, studies found that infidelity amongst women have increased by 40% in the last 20 years. And I showed you numbers how. A study done with, with young adults that goes to show you how popular it is, it's becoming. And that's how the women are catching up with the men now. Between 18 and 24, 12.9% of women and 15.9% men. 3% difference. Women are catching up. Whoever thought, would have thought, you know, not saying that it was okay for a man, but whoever would, thought, would have thought that women would be on the same grounds as men when it comes to sex. And, and, it, and it's happened. We, we so free to do whatever. Uh, women are tired of being left behind. Uh, don't want the women are tired of being the victim. So before I become the victim, I'm a victimize somebody. You know that's that's, and I'm gonna keep it real. That's the sad reality about it. Is a lot of times. We become what we hate. It's kind of like, I, I gave you some numbers uh, when, when we were talking about rape. A lot of the rape victims have been raped before. Well, the same thing is happening when it comes to, to adultery. They don't want to be cheated on, so guess what? I'm going to cheat on you first. <laughs> 
going to let you know what it feels like. I'm going to let you feel my pain. Then, of course, we got into the STDs. You know, we, we talked about, you know, one of the most popular ones out there today, and that's about the only one you really hear about is HIV and AIDS. HIV and AIDS is like the only STD today that you hear about. When the last time you heard about gonorrhea, syphilis, herpes, you just don't hear about it no more. But, but, but because you don't hear about it, don't mean it ain't relevant. You know, HIV and AIDS, you know, it, it kind of took on its own uh, life. You know, you got organizations out there that, uh, that, 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 that help out uh, uh, people with HIV and AIDS. You got all kind of uh, 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 organizations and, you know, you got, it's all over TV. You know, you got special episodes on, on your favorite TV shows that's going to deal with, with HIV and AIDS, uh, you know, just to kind of give people awareness, to, I guess, because when it, when it took on its own life, people were so afraid of it. You know, HIV and AIDS was kind of like the coronavirus. You know, you know I, I think my son sent me a meme when it came to corona, uh, how people used to go, when you, say, when you sneeze, people say, God bless you. And now when you sneeze, people can get this look. You know, that's kind of how how HIV, when it took on its own life, you know, people didn't want, they didn't, they, were, they, were, they didn't know what it was, so, you know, they thought it was airborne. If you were in the same room with somebody that got HIV, uh, you was going to catch it. So I understand why, you know, they, they, they kind of gave us the information and, and was teaching us about it, but at the same time, when they did that, they, they put a shadow over other STDs where you don't even hear about them no more. And one of those, that the first one I gave you was herpes. It's an estimated one in six people has genital herpes. One out of six. Still, that don't seem like a number, a big number, because you're saying one out of six. Well, if I give you a number like 600, guess how many people got gonorrhea? I mean, got, got herpes? 100 people. Out of 600. Now, now it seems like a, it makes sense now. But we don't hear about it no more, but it's, it's still relevant. One thing I can tell you about herpes, there's no cure. It's treatable, but no cure. Herpes is transmitted from skin to skin, skin to skin contact. When your genitals or your mouth touch the genitals or mouth, usually during oral or, or vaginal sex, of someone with the virus. Well, somebody got herpes, and you have sex with somebody that got herpes. Now you guess what? You have herpes. Then we talked about syphilis, and I, you know, I gave you the example. Uh, of, of Al Capone, uh, you know when I, you know, usually when I hear that word, be just because I know the the history of of, the, of in a, in the sense of Al Capone, and I know that that's what he died from, or complications from syphilis. So I usually think about him when the word pops up, syphilis. I think about Al Capone. 
Well, this was back in the 30s. 90-something years plus later, guess what? 30,000 new cases a year. 30,000 new cases a year today of syphilis. Now tell me that ain't revenue. Now the difference in between when he had it and when you get it now is now they have a treatment for it. They got a cure for it. So you don't have to die from it. You know, it's, it's manageable. However, you got to get treated. You can't just go uh, ignoring it. Syphilis don't show any symptoms. Left untreated can cause permanent damage, like blindness or paralysis. Once diagnosed, it's easily cured by, with antibiotics. And the same thing is transmitted by skin-to-skin -skin contact through vaginal or anal sex. See, that's the difference between now and then, when, when you know, 90-something years ago. But it's still relevant. Why? Because we continue to have premarital sex and infidelity. Now we get into the, some more STDs, which I didn't touch on last week, and number one on that, starting off this week, is going to be HIV. HIV is a virus that attacks the immune system. And it can lead to AIDS. Clinical diagnosis that indicates an advanced stage of HIV. Estimated 1.2 million people living with HIV in America today. 1.2 million people live with HIV in America. That's just here in America. HIV may show, may not show symptoms initially. Testing is recommended as a part of routine health care. There is no cure for HIV and AIDS. Now you got prescription medication to help people to live normal and healthy lifespan. HIV is, I guess it's so relevant now because I said it took on a whole new life, but a lot of jobs it's a requirement, like a drug test. You got to have that HIV test as well. I know for those of us who served in the, in the U.S. military, you know, for me, the U.S. Army, for pastor of the U.S. Army, uh, there wasn't no if, ands, bust about it. Once a year, at least, bare minimum, once a year, you're going to have an HIV test. You wouldn't go skip out of it. I knew a guy once, you know, just came out of his mouth. I don't, I don't even want to get tested because I don't even want to know if I have it. I just want to die. So afraid of catching the HIV, he, he's, he's going to be a willing participant in passing it on to people just because he didn't want to know. Because it ain't like he wasn't being promiscuous while he was out there. Sleeping with this person and sleeping with that person, and you don't want to know if you have it. You're not getting tested on the record. 
don't want to get tested. That's bad. The most common way people get HIV is through unprotected anal and vaginal sex with someone with HIV who is not aware of their status or not consistent with that medication. According to the CDC, HIV transmission through oral sex <coughs> is extremely rare. HIV can be passed from mother to child during pregnancy, birthing through breastfeeding, although this risk can be almost eliminated with treatment. And I did want to add this in it as well. <clears throat> I didn't want to think they were going to be unfair because I put these numbers in here to let you know how it affects us sexually. But however, you, know, you can get HIV through you know, a lot of drug users that, that, that share the same needle. You can pass it that way as well. But this is a class right now. We're talking about how, uh, un well, I ain't gonna say unprotected sex, but uh, infidelity and uh, unmarriage sex. The, the 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 big cost when you decide to do these type of things. And then you have hepatitis B. It's transmitted through semen, vaginal fluids, blood, and urine during sex. It's an estimated 20,000 new cases in the U.S. each year. 20,000 new cases a year of hepatitis B. Now, see, that's another test that a lot of jobs require you to do as well, is have a hepatitis test. You know, when I work for, for LaSalle, I had to, once a year, you got to have the test done. Starting with the school district, once a year. Now, there are, when it comes to hepatitis, you can get false readings. Well, some people that don't have hepatitis, they just get the chest x-ray, and it lets them know that they don't have it. But, that's how you get it. Gonorrhea, we don't hear about that much no more. In most cases, people is called the clap. You know, with those who was serving the U.S. Army, and you knew anybody that went to Korea back in the day, you know, late 80s, mid 80s, late 80s, early 90s, the horror story used to be a shot called a silver bullet. I'm like, dude, y'all some nasty jokers. Because I didn't meet too many people that went to Korea that ain't never got the silver bullet before. That's what's so crazy about it. Going out, messing with these Korean women. People telling the story, they, man, I had to go at the line. They talking about on Monday mornings after the weekend, the line on sick call, for regular sick call, about 20 people. The line for the people that's waiting to get that silver bullet was around the cone. 
This comes from people that I knew went to Korea. That's crazy. And this is every weekend. Tell you, boy, Sam is ridiculous. To have you get caught up like that every weekend? Going to real is a common STD, especially among teens and people in their 20s. Sometimes called the clap or the drip. Going to real may, be, may not show symptoms. Left untreated, it can cause infertility and pain in both men and women. Estimated 550,000 new cases in the U.S. each year. Now, when we talked about syphilis, 30,000 new cases. When we talk about hepatitis B, 20,000 new cases. Talk about gonorrhea, 550,000 new cases a year. That's a half a million people catching gonorrhea a year. And it says amongst young people in their 20s, our young folks, the little boys were ready to give them a trophy. We give them a, a, a go ahead. Well, we giving them a go ahead. There's some little girl out there they going ahead with. 550, half a million young people. I ain't going to just put that out there on young folks. It just give us a number. It's mostly common with young folks. But 550,000 new cases a year, in two years, that's a, that's a million people. New people that ain't caught going to real. Once diagnosed, it is easily cured with antibodies. Now, that's a cure for it. Going to risk a bacteria infection, usually transmitted through vaginal or oral sex. It is spread when semen, pre-cum or vaginal fluids get into the, get on or inside the genital, anus or mouth. Gonorrhea can be passed even if the penis does not go all the way in the vagina or anus. Gonorrhea can also be passed to baby during birth if the mother has it or is not treated. Last on this list is chlamydia. It's one of the most common STDs. It's an estimated 1.7 million new cases. It just surpassed gonorrhea. Many people who have chlamydia do not know it. Often there are no symptoms. Left untreated chlamydia can can cause infertility. I mean infertility in pain in both women and men, once diagnosed, is easily cured with antibiotics as well. It's transmitted the same way. These are just a few STDs, and trust me, there are more However, I think you got the point of what are some of the physical results of fornication and adultery. It doesn't matter if you are fornicating or committing adultery, you are subject to catching an STD. 
STDs don't know, don't see skin color. STDs don't care about your social status. STDs don't care about your financial status. Anybody can catch an STD. Only difference is you got a little bit more money, you can get treated a little bit more better. That's the reality of it. You don't have to go to the clinic. When you go see your private physician, you go keep it a secret. But just because you go to that private physician, some of these you, do, you can't get rid of. They don't go away. And, you know, it's, it's treatable, but it is no cure. And also you can see that these STDs is transmitted to a baby during pregnancy. Some of them. Now I don't know about you, but I don't think I want that on my conscience. Knowing that I pass an STD on to a baby, to my child, that even haven't got a chance, a fair chance on life yet. You didn't mess around and get your, your child HIV. Right out of birth. You didn't mess around and get your child uh, herpes. Right out of birth. See, those two you can't even cure. They got to live with this for the rest of their lives. This is because you decided to fornicate or cheat on your significant other. STDs are not the only problem that we have to worry about when it comes to fornicating and adultery. And we're going to deal with this a little bit more tonight, probably going to run out of time, but we're going to start dealing with the mental impact, mainly with adultery, with infidelity. And I've been researching, and I'm going to keep on researching, but I haven't, I haven't came up with no numbers to show the result of suicides or the rate of suicides because of infidelity. Mainly because, you know, they didn't kill themselves. You know, people didn't get the opportunity to, uh, to say why you killed yourself. Because they, they killed themselves. And the only study I can find was, was done in Japan when they say that 20%, I mean not 20, 40% of men and women that have been cheated on have contemplated suicide or homicide. Now, either they're going to kill themselves or they're going to kill that person who cheated on them. Now that was done in Japan, 40%. That's, a, that's almost half of the people that's been cheated on contemplated, I'm going to kill this joker or I'm going to kill myself. I can't deal with it. Also, as a result of infidelity, after an affair, 65% of the marriage is in. 65% of marriages end because of infidelity. 
That's a heck of a gamble to take when you cheating on your spouse. You don't know if it's gonna go, it's gonna work or it's not. Because for a moment of a pleasure. One thing I was reading is say most affairs last only six months. Six months. So I'm supposing after six months either they got caught. <laughs> because they, it, after six months, I know it's hard to turn something like that off. Because now you didn't got a dog on fatal attraction. 35% of couples continue their marriages. 35, 65. Different. That's a big difference. Infidelity can cost you friendships. Not just your relationship with your wife or your husband, but it can cost you friendship because guess what? Friendships, when you married, you have friends. Y'all have, y'all have uh, 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 friends that y'all both, um, the people that y'all friends, both of y'all friends with. Well, because you decided to cheat, now, that person y'all friends with, a lot of times, they lost trust in you as well. I was reading one article today when I was trying to research the, uh, the thing about suicide rates when it comes to infidelity. And, 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 and whoever wrote this article was talking about uh, a few years ago that their neighbor, uh, or their neighbor, the husband cheated on the wife. And they... The, the, the person that wrote the article said they, they believed that, that, that they ended up getting married. However, as a result of that infidelity, because both of them was married, the husband of the woman killed himself. Mental impact. We don't think about it. We think about the pleasure, but we don't think about the mental impact that it's going to cause on somebody. For the most part, Men take it the hardest. I guess it's an ego thing. That's the only thing I can put there because men, the text show that men take it the hardest when their wives cheat on them. Doesn't mean they don't impact women as well, but men do take it the hardest. In that one instance that I, I mentioned, the woman and the, 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 the woman that was writing the article and the woman who got cheated on, they met at a, 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 a mutual party and they was able to talk about the situation, what happened. I guess the woman moved on. But the husband in the, on the other side, he couldn't move, he couldn't move on. It was devastating. And it's just me speaking. As a man, sometimes you can feel like, what did I do wrong? Why I wasn't able to please my wife, she had to go out and, and, and be with somebody else. I'm doing this for, I did this for, you know, PPT. I'm providing. I'm protecting. And I'm teaching. And she still had to go. Why? You know, I, I, 
think I said this before in, 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 in Sabbath uh, rest. You now I was listening to Joe Osteen, this has been a, this years ago, and he was talking about uh, a lot of times people looking for 100% in a relationship, but you're only getting 80%. So you leave 80% to go get 20% because the, you see that 20% that you're missing out of your 80. So guess what? You only go get 20% and you left 80%. How ridiculous is that? But you don't know it because you, you think you see that you see that 20% that you're missing. That's what it's all about. It ain't going to happen. Because guess what? You're not giving 100% either. So what if that person decides to, to go out somewhere else looking for that percentage that they're missing? Infidelity of, on the unfaithful spouse are often compared to those of post-traumatic stress syndrome, PTSD. You know, we talked about how it affects people uh, when it comes to rape victims. It also, the same type of symptoms can affect people that's been cheated on. We don't even think about that. Up until I started doing this study, I wouldn't even think about that. PTS. You go through PTS because you got cheated on. Studies have found that the cheated partner, the cheated on partner frequently experienced a roller coaster of emotion, including rage, depression, shame. Also, the common feeling of powerlessness and abandonment. As a 2006 research paper of infidelity put it, taken as a whole, many of these emotions, cognitive and behavior responses parallel with criteria of PTS, or post-traumatic stress disorder. MarriageHealing.org maintains that infidelity can cause something called acute distress disorder. This can include the following symptoms. Detachment from reality. Sadness and despair. Intense feeling of rage. Hatred and a need for revenge. Fear and anxiety and a low self-esteem. That's what infidelity does. You know, oftentimes, you know, we can wonder when we see somebody that we think is attractive, either male or female, like, how can they have a low self-esteem? Because, you, you know, we didn't see people that, you know, you, you think they're attractive and they got, man, they got a low self-esteem. You're like, man, they, man, they too, too pretty or too, too handsome for the, their self-esteem to be. But it's probably because of the result of somebody cheating on them, of infidelity. You would destroy a person's self-esteem when you cheat on them. Again, we're not thinking about that. We're only thinking about the pleasure. That's all we're thinking about. But we're not thinking about the, the effects that it can cause on the person that we're cheating on. And that's the sad reality of it is. Is that infidelity causes emotional, emotional stress. 
And sometimes it leads to suicide. People can't handle it. The, the, the emotion distress, uh, uh, distress is so overwhelming that they decide they don't want to be here no more. You know, we like to say, man, that's a, you know, suicide is a, it's a, it's a selfish act. They're only thinking about themselves. However, in this case, you caused that. How can you move on? Like for this woman and this man to get married and this woman know that her husband, her ex-husband killed herself, how can you even move on? How can you feel good about yourself? Knowing that you was the reason that a person took themselves out. How heartless can you be? Sam is crazy. Heartless. Because you decided you're going to step out on your partner. That's heartless. I thank God that he, when he comes to that, he keeps me grounded. Because in my mind, I'm thinking about what if Jesus show up? You don't have enough time to say, God, forgive me for my sin. I made a mistake. Nah, you don't have time. Because the Bible says it's going to happen in the twinkling of eyes. That's quick. So, to stop me from doing something like that, guess what? If it takes scripture to get me scared, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just not going to do it. Because Jesus just might show up right in the middle of my act. Now learning a little bit more, they even give me more reason not to do it. Because you don't think about the psychological effects. So we talked about the psychological effects when it came to rape. And people was like, oh man, oh man, oh man. But what about the psychological effects when you decide to cheat on your significant other? The same type of stuff. It causes psychological damage. Some people are able to move on. Some people can't. And for a lot of them that's moving on, a lot of them is faking it till they make it. Just for they can move on. But the psychological damage is there. My time is just about up, people. I hope y'all enjoyed the nice lesson. Uh, and there was just infidelity, but guess what? People cheat on when you when you when you fornicate too. If you got a girlfriend or boyfriend, people cheat on them in those relationships too. My hopes is that. You know, the, the girlfriend and boyfriend type relationships can be more of an abstinence type thing, dating, and, and, and you know, until we get married. You know, that's, that's according to God's word. But, uh, you know, some, some men and women, they can't wait. So while they significant others talking about, no, we're going we gonna to do it God's way, we're going to wait, that, that other person say, man, forget this. And if that person find out, guess what you didn't done? You didn't cause some serious damage. Don't forget to be back with us again this Sabbath, Sabbath school, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. We're going to get into the sermon. And then next week, next Wednesday. I hope y'all enjoying it. Again, uh,
my, 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 my ambition, I would say, in a sense, is for this to be a full-fledged book once it's over, and I'm going to share the details once everything is done, and I'm probably give it to a few people where they can pre-read it for me. And, uh, I still want to talk to some people out there, interview some people that have gone through some of this stuff that, that we're talking about, because I want to add some of this stuff to the lessons as well. Because uh, one thing about us as people, we, we can relate a little better. That's why the Bible talks about, you know, we're saved by the words of our testimony. You know, when you hear other testimony, you let, that lets people know I ain't the only one went through that. You know, so I, I love to hear from other people uh, uh, if they have went through some of this stuff, if you've been cheated on and it affected you, if it didn't affect you, if you've been raped or, or touched in a way that you, you didn't want to be touched on, or whatever, or whatever the case, if we didn't touch on it, and, and as we go on, when we get into uh, addictions and, and when we get into money, you know, you know, if you, you know, you just had whether you was good with your money or bad with your money. I want to hear, you know, that that you know, because people want to know how to deal with it. You know, if I was bad with my money, well, I'm gonna make sure I don't do what you did. And if you was good with your money, well, I want to make sure I did what you did. And if I was bad with my money and you was bad with your money, uh, we can probably I can probably learn from that. You know, I don't I, don't, I can move on. I ain't gonna make that same mistake no more. Amen. God bless you all. That's it.